0: Good morning and welcome to Overeater Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book study. My name is Kathy Kay and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, April twenty eighth, twenty seventeen, and we are reading from the big book. We are on page thirty two, the second paragraph. Uh, today's readers are Karen C. on the 12 Steps, Zakia J. on the 12 Traditions, and reading the text are Chrissy G., Linda R., and Christine K. The reference numbers for yesterday, uh, uh, Thursday, April 27th, 2017, 7 a.m. is 9882, and 10 a.m. is 9884. Our newcomer greeter today is Linda R., and our second-hour host is Maura Z. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Karen C. to read the 12 steps of OA.
1: Good morning, Kathy. Thank you for your service. Can you hear me? Mm
2: Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: Um, This is Karen C. from Indiana. I'm very grateful. Thank you, God. Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power... Than ourselves, but restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. nine, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thank you for letting me
3: share. And I pass.
0: Thank you, Karen C. And Zakia J, would you please read the Twelve Traditions of OA?
3: Thank you so much, Kathy. Thank you. Um Zakia J. from Long Island, New York, a recovering compulsive overeater. The twelve traditions of overeaters anonymous. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. 4. Each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups of OA as a whole. 5. Each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. 6. An OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Lease, problems of money, property and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought be what to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, over it is anonymous should remain forever non professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine or never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media, Um, uh, media of communications. Twelve, Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you, and I'll mute.
0: Thank you, Zakia J. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. Share, press star one to unmute. When you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. To... Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 32. The uh, last paragraph, beginning a man of 30, was doing a great deal of spree drinking. We'll read that paragraph and one more. Uh, The second paragraph ends on page 33. Uh, Someday we will be immune to alcohol. And we will comment on the second paragraph only. And I will now ask Chrissy G. to get us started.
4: Good morning, Chrissy G., Recovered in New Jersey. A man of 30 was doing a great deal of spree drinking. He was very nervous in the morning after these bouts and quieted himself with more liquor. He was ambitious to succeed in business but saw that he would get nowhere if he drank at all. Once he started, he had no control whatever. He made up his mind that until he had been successful in business and had retired, he would not touch another drop. An exceptional man, he remained bone dry for 25 years and retired at the age of 55, after successful and happy business career. Then he fell victim to a belief which practically every alcoholic has, that his long period of sobriety and self-discipline had qualified him to drink as other men. Out came his carpet slippers and a bottle. In two months, he was in the hospital, puzzled and humiliated. He tried to regulate his drinking for a while, making several trips to the hospital meantime. Then, gathering all his forces, he attempted to stop altogether and found he could not. Every means of solving his problem, money could buy, was at his disposal. Every attempt failed. Though a ro- robust man at retirement, he went to pieces quickly. And was dead within four years. this case contained most of us have believed that if we remained sober for a long stretch, we could thereafter drink normally. But here is a man who, at fifty-five years, found he was just where he had left off at thirty. We have seen the truth demonstrated again and again: once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. Commencing to drink after a period of sobriety, we are in a short time as bad as ever. If we are planning to stop drinking, there must be no reservation of any kind, nor any lurking notion that someday we will be immune to alcohol. Hi, I'm Chrissy. Um, That that is a sobering statement that really um, smashes any delusion that I could go on eating like other people that I could eat socially, that I could eat for entertainment, um, that food can be anything for me except for a source of nutrition and fuel for me for the day. that That's something that I try to hit home with the people that I work with because it's not, this isn't, um, this is just like alcohol. I have to think of this just like alcohol. It's black and white. I'm drinking or I'm not drinking. I'm eating my alcoholic foods or I'm not eating my alcoholic foods. And the food behaviors, which means, you know, when when people share with me, I mean, I have compassion. It's not like I'm heartless when they say, "Oh, you know, we have this tradition where we go out to brunch for Mother's Day every year and now I can't really enjoy that." You know, I I have compassion and I say, "Yeah, it's sad that's something that we don't we don't necessarily Make a sport of eating anymore, like Americans traditionally do. And so many people who are normal eaters do on special occasions. And it, it helps me to frame it this way I say to myself, I've done all my recreational eating and then some for maybe like 30 people. So I've really exhausted that pleasure and I no longer. I used up all of my 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 free tickets of indulging in in my 47 years of compulsive overeating and and playing with food and using food as a drug um that I no longer have that luxury and and that's something that I have to accept and the good news is that the obsession is lifted and the desire to eat like that is lifted and I become focused by God with God's help on the people around me and enjoying them and things that I didn't notice before during the brunch you know the kids the other people the happiness on people's faces I was just so focused on the food that I missed so much of life so um, that's all I have with that I pass thank you Chrissy G
0: Okay, we will now be commenting on the first paragraph on page 33, that ends someday we will be immune to alcohol.
5: Who? Mr. R. R. Mary B. That M.
0: Okay, R- I have that R, R. Matt R. Uh, Matt M. I'm sorry. Who else? Mr. Mary M- M- B.
6: B- W E
0: Sarah Charles H. Charles H. I heard somebody B, but I'm not sure who. Barbara
5: Barbara Barbara E. E. Yep.
0: Okay, here's who I have: Nessa R. Matt M. Vasa O. Sarah W. Charles H. And Barbara E. And I'll get more the second
7: time around. Please go ahead, Nessa. Thank you, um, good morning. This is Nesta R and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. And I just love that we're reading this because yesterday um, I was talking to a fellow um, in program and we were discussing the philosophy of reintroducing foods um, which is commonly done, I guess, in some diets. And also, um, I guess I found out yesterday in some of the rooms over away And she, you know, she, she asked me what I thought about it. And, and the truth is, I cannot talk for anybody else but me. And, and two things occur to me that if I'm thinking about reintroducing foods, you know, that, that is the mental obsession right there. Assuming that I'm abstinent and recovered and that's the mental obsession right there. And if the mental obsession is, uh, is kicking in, it's because I'm not, Doing the work I need to be doing with regards to the steps in order to um, remain unblocked from my real solution, which is God. Um, and, you know, just uh, not, now that I'm, I'm recovered and I can differentiate the true from the false, you know, my thought is why would I want to reintroduce food that could possibly trigger the allergy? I mean, is it possible that, that, that I've outgrown my allergy? Uh, Like some people do, uh, grow allergies. I guess anything is possible in God's world, but do I want to take the chance? And that is the truth. Talking, Um, do I really want to take the chance? Do I want to find out that hey, I'm still allergic to you know whatever it is, sugar, flour, cheesecake? You know, Um, no, because there is no food in the world that could possibly taste as good as what i have right now i i don't need the food for the ease and comfort anymore because i have something better uh i have god i have something more uh, more reliable more enduring more permanent why would i want to go back to that misery and you know if if i find myself thinking oh well maybe i can reintroduce this like to me that would be a red flag that um you know, I need to like really look at my program and and, and, and double up on my work because obviously I'm, I'm slacking on something because I, I know that there can be no lurking notion that one day I will be immune to the food that cost me to um, be 200 pounds and, you know, live in misery and depression in constant collision course with everything and everyone, uh, poor relationships, Poor self-image, everything was was, was horrible. Um, so um, I just love that we're, we're reading this. There can be no lurking notion that one day I will be able to uh, control and enjoy my binge foods. That, that never happened and I doubt that it will ever happen. So I am going to stay um, recovered one day at a time doing what I'm doing today. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. We'll now hear from Matt
0: M. followed by Mary B. Thank you. Go ahead, Matt.
8: Hi. Thank you, Kathy K. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt M. from New Jersey. I'm the Eatful silver Eater from New Jersey. Uh, Most of us believe that if we're sober for a long stretch, we could therefore drink normally. There's a small part of my brain which has to be smashed that I think I can eat like normal people. As someone shared that they, they used up their tickets a long time ago. That, uh, that they can eat like normal people, and certain foods I know I have to leave down permanently, but that's that, that, that doubt, that's the disease talking to me, telling me, you can have a cookie, you can have an Oreo cookie, you can go ahead and have this and that, and my and I know that once I put the one is too many and a thousand's is not enough, if I have one, I'll be having, like, there, there, there'll there be boatloads full of that particular, of those particular foods, and it won't be enough for me. Um... Once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic, I'm always going to be a compulsive overeater. In fact, I was one when I was really, really young, since I was, in Thirst, since I was a little kid, since I was eight or nine years old. And um, so I've been, I've been a compulsive overeater for a long time, so it's embedded in me. The, the button's broken. The stop button got broken a long time ago in me. I don't have the ability to stop with abandon. I can't eat with a band like, I, like I, if I ever was able to. I don't think I ever really was, to be honest. I can't go to certain places anymore because once I buy one, I want to buy 10, I want to buy 15. You know, I can't go to fast food places either. There's no way. I could use to convince myself, I'll just buy a salad this time. Or I'll just get like a diet diet drink instead of this time. That never works. I usually wind up being worse than ever, spending $15, 20 at a time, which I don't have. I can't afford to be spending money like that at these places. And um, I do have the peculiar mental twist that tells me, oh, you can have a little bit. No, no. A sliver, a slice, a slab, a slob, you know, with with that. That's how it is with me. And I feel bad for this poor man in 30, man. He fell to the delusion that since he was sober for years and years, he could drink like normal people. And within four years of getting back into the liquor, he was dead because the disease picked up right where it left off. And uh, it killed him because of his body, the resistance to alcohol, was weakened since he got since he was older. And like me, I'm in my 30s now, late 30s. Even though I'm still young to most people's standards, I can't eat like I was in my 20s because I would get sick to my stomach or I'd get violently ill. I can't do it, or I'd get to, or, I would, my blood my blood pressure would spike. So you know, I have health issues that would get exacerbated by binging and. By binging on foods that I know I shouldn't be eating, so this is not an easy thing. So I have to realize just for today that I am always going to be a compulsive eater to the day I die, and I want to—I want to die one as a as a, a compulsive eater in recovery. So with that, I will pass.
0: Thank you, Matt M. Um, Mary B. Please go ahead.
9: Thank you, Kathy K. Can you hear me? I can. Okay, great. Good morning, everyone. This is Mary B. Gratefully Recovered in Santa Maria, California, today. I, I spent years thinking that um, somehow, someday, I would be able to eat like a normal person. And it continued in program, even though I was told otherwise so many times. I really wanted to be a, an exception But there was something else that I had in my mind that I wanted to share this morning. And that when I was uh, much younger, I would think that someday I would be at an age where I wouldn't care anymore. I would pick up and maybe I couldn't handle it and I'd get fat and I wouldn't care. It wouldn't matter. I think maybe when I was, you know, I came into uh, the rooms when I was 25 Maybe I thought when I was 50, I'd be, I wouldn't care anymore. It would be okay to be fat. When I was 60, when I was 70. Now I'm going to be 80 in a couple of months. And i the very thought, I'm going to match my weight loss number, by the way, the very thought of carrying 80 pounds on my body today is absolutely horrifying to me. I am so grateful to be in the <laughs> in the condition that I'm in. I'm in pretty damn good condition. I always hope when I speak at a or share at a face to face meeting and I share my age and my weight loss and to be an inspiration. To the young women in the room, that someday they can live their whole life in a healthy body. I-, I love that. I love a lot of things about being abstinent, being recovered, and living in a thin body. I know that's not what it's all about. I couldn't do this without my higher power without this program, without the steps, without the meetings, without the fellowship, without the whole package, but I love it. I love my food plan. I love my abstinence. I love my sponsors, my sponsorees, and I love Living Thin. Thank you very much for the opportunity to share this morning. Thank you, Mary B.
10: Vasa O, please go ahead. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Kathy, for your service. And I'm grateful to Recover Compulsive Ovida calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And I did care. I always wanted to put the food down over the years. I was looking for the solution, how to put it down and how to keep it done. But I it's not like I didn't try. I tried over and over and over, and I always failed. And it's just amazing, this man that, you know, he thought uh, he could put it for 25 years, his alcohol, and he was a very successful um, businessman. And I was a very successful woman, but I couldn't put the food down, you know. Uh, but my idea had to be smashed. I'm so grateful that I was letting the, over it is anonymous and the twelve steps you know I, I i I had to give up the idea that I would ever go back to my food, my, my alcoholic foods um, I just I knew because I learned in the doctor's opinion I had the allergy, and that allergy will never go away you know if i Go, if I keep on putting the food back, my alcoholic foods. So I'm so grateful that I realized that I knew that and uh, that I did admit I was powerless over those foods and uh, my life became unmanageable. So uh, it's a here, once an alcoholic is always an alcoholic, and that's me, you know. Uh, I'm going to be always in recovery And I'm just so grateful. And, you know, no matter what goes in my life, whether I'm working, going to school, raising a family, my higher power comes, number one, in my life and my recovery because I wouldn't be the person that I'm created to be. I'd be a mess. I'd probably even be dead today. I'd have a lot of physical problems. So for me, abstinence uh, feels as I remember hearing the programs, nothing tastes as good as abstinence feels. And I want my recovery. I love my peace. I like my joy. I like my serenity. And sometimes there is stuff that goes in my life, you know. And it doesn't matter. There's, you know, people being born, people are dying, people are getting sick. I mean, that has happened in my family. People are going through a divorce. My daughter going through a hard time this time. But I am powerless, you know. I need to continue, stay abstinent, and pray for them and love them to the best of my ability and also detach from them with love. I can't fix them like nobody could have fixed me, and I can't fix other people. And uh, so no matter how long I'm in the program, I will never recover from those alcoholic foods. And I'm just so grateful the transformation has happened to me working through the steps. Thank you for letting share not pass. Thank
0: you, Vasa O. Sarah W., please go ahead.
11: Good morning, Kathy. Thank you for your service today on the meeting. <clears throat> My name is Sarah W. I'm a Grateful Recovered Compulsive reader from Iowa. Um, I like the first sentence. This case contains a powerful lesson. Um, I've had many powerful lessons in my recovery. It hasn't been a straight road for me. Um, And I think many of us that are on the line have had relapse and other things happen in our recovery. Um, Today I know that I'm not a perfect person. I don't do anything perfectly. But uh, the thing I'm so grateful for is that I get to be a member of this uh, beautiful program and that the program has the ability, if I follow it, to um, to stop the insanity of my behavior with food. Um, and I think the thing is, a lot of people want to have the results of being thin, but they don't want to put down the food. And I was definitely one of those people. Uh, but the thing for me is that if I want to have... Um, the contact with my higher power and also to, um, to really have the peace, which is really what the program can offer us. Then, um, I'm very fortunate to be able to be, to call myself a member of this, um, beautiful fellowship, a member of overeaters anonymous. I'm not a member of AA. When I come to this meeting, I'm a member of overeaters anonymous. And my prayer is that I can keep my eyes open to the idea that, um, uh, I can be open-minded, willing, and honest, and um, not just look at the the food and the weight. I've released 104 pounds, um, and I don't have the effects that were um, so dismal for me. You know, COPD. They told me, and um, you know, I, I. I had difficulty just going upstairs, I couldn't sleep laying down, all the things that I no longer have because I'm in a normal-sized body. But the most important thing is, you know, how I see life and that I'm able to really enjoy life uh, one day at a time. And like I said, I don't do it perfectly. Uh, I'm, I'm a human being. I don't do anything perfectly. But my plan is never to stop coming back. That once I leave that they really, you know, I I don't see any hope for me if I did. So I'm grateful that I'm here, and with that I pass. Thank you, Kathy, for your service.
2: Thank you, Sarah W. Charles H., please go ahead.
12: Thank you for your service. Charles H., a recovered compulsive over here. Um, I think this man was still, you know, I, I do feel sorry for him because I could, I, I could be there any day, any time. So, unmerited favor, I'm just grateful for it. Um, I think this man was still selfish and self-centered, um, and I think the definition here of sobriety is a little different. I don't think they're talking about recovery; they're talking about just abstinence. Um, and it, it struck me also. Where it says the paragraph before, where it says in two months he was humiliated and puzzled. Ain't it funny that could be the same time frame that they utilize on page nine in Bill's story? That you know, simple religious idea and the practical program of action. Um, that that wasn't there for this man. He, I mean, he had 25 years of abstinence, right? And he talked about you know, if I if I if I could identify it in with a composable reader, you know, he was. He, I, I could relate. <laughs> I can identify bragging about how much weight I lost and wanting to be in a thin body. And the next thing I wanted to say is um, I wonder if some people want to change the definition of of, of, of always definition of abstinence, defining abstinence. Because nowhere it says thin body. Nowhere it says normal. I mean, it might say normal but healthy, right? Thin is not healthy. Because l- let me take you to page uh Seven in Bill's story where it says, people feared for my sanity. So did I. I could eat little or nothing when drinking, and I was 40 pounds underweight. I don't think that's too healthy. Yet I think in Overeans Anonymous as a whole, we we talk about that like that's a goal or a milestone. You know, what about the restrictor? What about the person that need to put on weight? I think we need to be a little mindful, a little mindful of those people. Because they can take that to heart and be like, I'm not eating nothing. And then they can can die before four years. They'll be in their carpet slippers in four weeks. And with that, I pass. Thanks.
2: Thank you, Charles H. Barbara E.,
0: please
5: go ahead. Thank you very much. Thank you, everyone, for being here with me and with each other on this Friday. I love the words. I relate to the words on page 33 normal, once an alcoholic, and lurking notion. Lurking is such a scary word, I picture it in a horror movie. And that was what it was for me when I went back to compulsive overeating after a stretch of time. I could lose weight. For a given reason, I could lose weight. And I have. I've lost over 100 pounds seven different times before I was lucky enough to be led to Creators Anonymous. When I first started, my compulsive overeating disease was a loose noose hanging, hanging around my neck. But as my compulsive overeating became worse and worse, The noose became tighter and tighter, really choking the life out of me. I had to be down on my knees, convinced that once a compulsive overeater, always a compulsive overeater, and it didn't matter that I'd lost 130 pounds. If I went back and thought I could continue to drink, begin to drink again, do that controlled drinking up at the bar that was referenced on another page. It would not work for me. I can't go back to yesterday because I was a different person then. I know now what I know now that I will always remain a compulsive overeater. If I even think for an insane moment that I could go back and say, well, I'm normal I'm thin. I can eat like a normal person. It will have the disastrous results it always had for me before. I'm always going to be insane. I'm always going to be abnormal when it comes to compulsive overeating. And I would pick any insane excuse to begin again. It's on sale. It's right after Halloween. It's right after Valentine's Day. There's a half-eaten bag in the house. Just let me finish the bag. Well, hard candy won't do for me. Maybe sugar-free candy would do for me. I would always try in a different way, and it always led back to disaster. I have to continue to remember, day by day, I'm a compulsive overeater, I always be will be a compulsive overeater, and I have to be I have to be able to go to my conception of a higher power every single day and ask for the guidance to be a better person and a sane eater in body, mind, and spirit. Thank you. I pass. Have a good Friday.
0: Thank you, Barbara E. Okay, we can take another list of people who would like to share.
13: This is Larry. Michael H. Melissa C.
0: Okay, one second. Larry K. Michael H. Melissa C. Who
14: else? Sigrid A. in
15: Miami.
0: I'm sorry, I heard two people at once. Can you try again?
15: Sigrid A. in Miami.
0: Sigrid A. Who else? Jackie B. Jackie B. Okay. Linda B. And Linda B. Okay. And again, who is that?
10: Faye. F-A-Y.
0: Okay, Faye. uh, We'll stop there. Um, Again, we're on page 33, the first full paragraph. That's what we're sharing on. Um, Larry K., please go ahead.
6: Good morning. Good morning, Kathy. Can you hear me? All right. I can. Okay. Thanks so much for your service, Larry K. Recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. You know, I read here. Um, uh, we, we hear. You know, if we if we are planning to stop drinking, there must be no reservations of any kind or any lurking notion that someday we'll be immune to alcohol. I I need to draw my attention back to the to my purpose here. Uh, my purpose. Is laid out on page 77. It says, <clears throat> "It says here, our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and to the people about us." And you know, if I have abstinence only, um, as I did, you know, for a time um, in program before I had a, a spiritual awakening. As the as the result of these steps, as the result of these steps. In other words, I went through a transformation, a change, indirectly in the sense that I I worked some steps, not knowing what sort of change would occur. But when I worked those steps, what I know today is that God began to um, began to change me in a way where I moved from a a complete self-centered existence to a God-centered existence. And that's important for me to note because prior to that, like so many of us, you know, as I'm in the midst of my selfishness, see, selfish is not just morally bad. You know, selfish sometimes for me was being in program with great intent to live better for lots of reasons other than myself, but I just couldn't do that. I was so focused on, in my case, getting thin, putting the food down, getting relief. Relief not only from the weight, but relief from the emotional heartache and pain, all these things. And I wanted that relief for me. I wanted that relief for me. I was still selfish to a great extent. And it wasn't until I worked these steps in sequence recognizing that, there, that a change possibly would occur. And if that change occurred, I would be brought into alignment with the higher power of my own understanding. And part of being brought into alignment with that higher power, one of the gifts back to me was that, yes, the obsession would be lifted. I wouldn't want the food anymore. But I would also change in a whole host of other ways so that I could fulfill that purpose that it talks about on page 77. Because it doesn't say my real purpose is to fit myself into my genes, to be of maximum service to myself, to, to, the, to my committee, me, myself, and I. I no, it talks about being of maximum service to the people about us. And I, I want to always remember that. Thank God for this sequence of steps that results in this change. With that, I'll pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Larry K. Michael H., please go ahead.
13: Good morning, this is Michael H. May Hart. heard?
0: Yes, you can.
13: Great, great, thank you very much for your service. Thank you to the, the team today putting on this vision meeting. I'm grateful. Yeah, Michael H. recovered from the great state of Illinois. I just wanted to plug in real quick to the power of these pages this morning. It says, we have seen the truth demonstrated again and again, once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic so that that's not hard for me to believe it before that it's as most of us believed if we remain sober for long enough we could drink normally again um it says most of us and i actually am not one of them i don't i don't believe that i don't believe that i've i've been this addiction my whole life as long as i can remember and uh, i don't believe that i could ever do it normally again and i'm i'm so grateful for that um if we we're planning to stop drinking, there must be no reservation of any kind, nor any lurking notion that someday that we'll be immune to alcohol. So when I made the decision to come to OA and start working these steps, that was my plan to stop eating. And uh and I knew that I couldn't do that, so I, I commenced through these steps with my with my sponsor and and i didn't have any any reservation that uh because i was out of ideas and and i you know was basically at the end of me and that's and i'm grateful for that i was desperate i needed to be there to work these steps and my my life was beyond unmanageable uh food food for me was my life and I, and really i thought it was the problem i thought food was just one of my many many problems but the truth is it was my life it was one of the substances that my life was all about. And and it's not because it was a problem, it was because I treated it as the solution. I treated my food as a solution. Because it was, it really was. At the time it was my solution for my, my problems. And it wasn't until I came here until I started working these steps, until I understood that really selfish and self-centeredness were the root of all my problems and throw in fear, uh, that short word. And it wasn't until I started working this program that I was able to discover that, that it was the effect that was being produced by the food that was helping me, that was helping me deal with my life, that it was unmanageable. And the truth for me was that, that my connection with my higher power and working these steps was the way to unblock me from my higher power was really the solution. With that, i pass.
2: Thank you, Michael H. Uh, Melissa C., please
14: go ahead. Hi. Good morning, Kathy. Thank you so much for your service. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. And, um, you know, when I read this, it's it's um I can remember how sad <laughs> I felt um every time I had to put the food down, and one of the ways that I could kind of soothe myself was the lurking notion that this was just for today, you know that that one day at a time I internalized as I know, this isn't forever, you know i I don't have to really do this forever um and and that really was. Underlying, I was I was kind of clinging to
2: the hope
14: that someday, you know, my physical body is gonna give me that ticket so that I could eat the way I want to. If I look normal, then um, then I'll be normal. And you know, no wonder why I kept returning to the food over and over again because um, you know, food was my friend. It, it was something I had had an intimate connection to. From a toddler, from a really young person, um, food was my go-to. It gave me the ah uh, feeling, um, and it tasted good, you know. And um, so I kept returning to it over and over again. And, you know, um, when I work with people today, um, it is a process for them to realize, you know, um <sighs> Social eating is done. You know, if if you're of this class, if you have what I have, um, we don't eat socially. I can't eat socially any longer. You know, it doesn't mean I can't be present at a social event, but I have to be present at the event, not present at the buffet. Um, Because as soon as I start, um, you know, using food socially, I'm in big trouble again. I'm, You know, I am... um, I am the real class. I cannot enjoy and control my eating um they don't They don't work hand in hand and you know um one of the ways that I know that um that this is real that this is for real is even when it comes to look alike foods, even things that resemble um my alcoholic foods, you know if I think I'm going to start enjoying and getting away with something like, you know, uh, pizza made from cauliflower, crusts of cauliflower. If I start perusing that recipe, you know, people post it on Facebook, and I start looking at the ingredients in that, in the recipe, I have to recognize, uh-uh, I'm the real deal. I'm looking to use food recreationally, The pizza, no matter what it's made of it is a trigger for me. It, it could be made of, of broccoli and air, you know, um, and, and
2: because I'm the real deal, I've got this thing, and um, and there's no going back, you know. Thank you. With that, on will pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Uh, Sigrid H., please go ahead.
15: Hi, this is Sigrid F., not Sigrid A. Sorry. In Florida. No, where are you? Go ahead. Uh, in in Florida, recovering one day at a time, and uh, the sentence that resonated with me, funny enough, was a very short one, and it indicated that in a short time, he was very back to where he was already back to where he had started, and that resonated with me because of my yo-yo dieting years. For thirty years, I absolutely tried every diet, yo-yoed back and forth and back and forth, and continued to have the delusion. That the diet was gonna fix me. And then in 2012 was the last diet. Spent a whole year doing it, lost a good amount of weight. But sure enough, in 2013, it started coming back. But this time, before OA, God was with me and He showed me on my shoulder and He said, Do you see what you're doing? Can you see it this time? And for some reason, I did. And early 2014, I came to the OA rooms and I have not left. Um, I know the delusion is smashed. I will never be a normal eater. I'm grateful that I know that now. It is, it is actually a relief to know that for me. I have to surrender my food to God every day, every day. And so the allergy, you know, the allergy that's pointed out in this paragraph is Incredibly important to smash that delusion that i'll ever be normal, so that I will understand that I need to stop away step away from my allergic foods and my allergic behaviors and then, of course, the second part is the um, the uh, the delusion of the mind um, and so now, for three years, i'm able to spend working on that and and looking for seeking and enjoying the serenity and peace that comes with surrendering not only my food, but my entire life to God. And with that, I will pass.
2: Thank you, Sigrid F. Jackie B., please go ahead. Hi, I'm Jackie B. Can I be heard? Yes.
16: Hi. Thank you, everyone, for your service and all your shares and for all the people on the line. I am so, so grateful today. I'm grateful because today uh, I stayed in program. Even though it's over 25 years, my current abstinence under the vision for you is a little bit close to nine months. I am grateful today that I stayed long enough to have the recovery I have today. The recovery where I don't obsess about my what I'm going to have to eat. I don't obsess about what life's going to bring to me. I don't obsess about what size I look or what shape I look. Um, Just that I'm grateful today that I have recovery. I do have a lot of physical recovery, but that's a bonus. The fact that there are not gremlins in my brain telling me every five minutes that I'm useless and not of service, um, is smashed today. Today I don't look for extra limbs. Today I don't negotiate how uh, 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 how on this food plan uh, I can now have it. All of a sudden I get the idea that I used to say in recovery oh I used to be uh, allergic to that I'm not allergic to it anymore um, or that depending on what sponsor I had Uh, I can have this food plan or that food plan. Um, I don't negotiate. I have a food plan today that tells me these are my ingredients. And as long as these are my ingredients, regardless of what goes in my mouth, I will not have those ingredients. Therefore, I can be present. I can be conscious to be able to be of service to my sponsees, to my sponsor, to the person on the street. I could listen to my 14-year-old and be so proud of the individual she is, even though right now she's over 300 pounds. Um, and she always, when, as soon as 7 o'clock comes and she's in the car and I put on the vision for you, she said, do we have to listen to that? Yes, we do. And just be of service, um, to be present. And that's what I'm grateful for. And I'm grateful that we share our feelings, strength, and hope and be real. Um, I am real today. I am Jackie B. from the Bronx. I'm a compulsive overeater. I will never be a cucumber again, and I am grateful for that, and I am here for everyone and everybody. So with that, I I pass. Thank you.
2: Thank you, Jackie B. Uh, Linda B., please go ahead. Linda, Press. So, this is Linda D.
17: Hi, so, this is Linda D. Oh, Linda D., go ahead, please. Hi, Linda D., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater in North Carolina.
2: I love this paragraph. This is step one. This, um, you know, the step one says, we admitted we were
17: powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. This paragraph speaks to the unmanageability of my condition. You know, I, I went to OA years ago with the idea that my eating and my weight had become unmanageable, but I didn't become desperate enough to to do to, to be able to be willing to do the work that has to be done, which is a daily work, until I realized that my life was unmanageable, not just my weight and my food. I was in the bedevilment I was depressed. I was exhausted. I was I couldn't move well. My I was I was in pain. I felt hopeless. I thought maybe life wasn't worth living anymore. My finances were a mess. My relationships were not where I wanted them to be. My work life was upside down. And the interesting thing is that I'd had attempts at abstinence before, and and I I think I wanted abstinence for weight's sake and for health's sake, but until. I realized that the, until I got the real idea about the depth of my spiritual malady, which is what's underneath the eating, I, I didn't, I couldn't do it. I had to be that desperate. I had to understand it was my life. You know, unmanageable means not controllable,
2: unable to be handled by me. So. Do I have any lurking notion? This is step
17: one. Do I have any lurking notion that someday I may be able to um, be immune to my food, my, my, my disease or my food, my habits, my whatever, I'm losing the word right now? No. And you know, the funny thing was that I know that I do not have any lurking notion. And how do I know? Because I'm happy about it. I used to I thought that it would be like a defeat, but I don't have to fight it anymore. I thought when I surrendered it would feel like defeat, but it was the exact opposite. So, as long as I have the illusion of control, I, I've not moved beyond step 1. And I'm grateful to say that today I can look at it, it's on the other side of the fence, it can always jump over at me, but I got my eye on it. And I have no lurking notion. Lurking means staying Hanging out and waiting, waiting to ambush. I know it's there. That's my disease. My disease is the lurker. But the notion that I can control it, that's gone. And I'm grateful for that. 60 pounds lighter, healthy and happy. And everyone can have it. That's
2: time. Thank you.
17: Thank you Linda D. Um, Faye I'm sorry we don't have time
0: for your share I hope you'll stay and speak at the second hour
17: thank Hi, you
10: listen can I just quickly say something it's Faye in Miami I'm sorry I made an outreach call yesterday to Renee C I don't know if there has been an announcement May yes forgive uh, me yes has. Uh, it's on the vision for sorry. you
0: um, website that Renee C. passed away. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Um, Thanks to everyone who has shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Friday, April 28, 2017, is 9887. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And I will ask Linda R. to please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only.
1: Thank you, Renee. Can you hear me?
0: Yes, it's Kathy. Yes, thank you. Oh,
18: Kathy, I'm sorry. Yes. Linda R. recovered in South Florida. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little.